Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. The bottom line is that your fear is everything will go wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So right. Everything is going to go wrong. It's all going to be wrong. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hello, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. It's episode number 80. Oh, (laughs) I love when you get excited about the number. Yeah, that's a big number. It's a big number. Tell me this. Are you excited to talk about rejection today? (laughs) I feel like I am well-versed and prepared. I know. So yesterday we were talking about which one of the next episodes we wanted to do. And you were like, I'm prepared for rejection. (laughs) I have been recently rejected. And so I got out my notebook and quickly put down about five minutes. That's a lot. I put down like a full page of notes without even blinking because y'all, rejection is a serious thing that happens over and over again in this business. Yeah. And you never outgrow it. Like it never never goes away. Mm -mm. It just keeps happening. I will say that we've had this particular topic requested several times. Yes. I think that everyone wants us to just talk them through rejection, how we deal with rejection, and maybe we'll just talk about some of our rejection experiences. Sure. So that you can know you're not alone. Right. Because you're not alone. It's going to happen I sad to say lots of times. You have to expect it to happen. Oh, also, this episode is airing on February 15th is the original air date. And I thought, how appropriate right after Valentine's <laughs> that we would talk about If yesterday rejection. was a bad day, yeah, don't just, feel bad. If it wasn't your jam <laughs> that Sunday uh, Valentine's oh, of man. 2021, yeah. we will talk to you now about rejection. So you just wallow around in it. That is kind of funny. <laughs> that's, that's so ridiculous. <laughs> we could have talked about love, love yeah. your peeves. And I'll, right. no, we're on rejection. Yes. Let's just go with it. Okay, do you want to tell us a story or what what do you want to do? One thing that I found interesting when I was just reading up on this was that they were saying, let's see what my note said, that rejection is obviously, it, it can be a learned behavior in that when you get rejected, you develop these triggers. Oh. So the next time that you go do something, okay. you just remember that the last time you tried that, you got rejected. Oh, I see. So you become more like yeah. gun shy. Yeah, kind of like uh, when a football player drops a ball. Yes. And then the next time. Yes. It's all psychology. Yes. he All he can think about is dropping the ball right. and he drops the ball. And so he has to have like a breakthrough. Oh, you know, too, it's kind of like what, what you focus on grows. Yes. So if you're like really, if you stay in that rejection place and focus on it, you're just going to have more of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you, when when you think about rejection, oh God, 
Is there a certain memory that have, you specifically go yes, to? And I don't know why, because it's not that serious, but I had this one, you know, you develop, you should know right now, you develop this really close relationship with your obstetrician, right? Yeah. You see them a lot of times, you know, I, I really love mine. I still do. Um, and obstetrician, you know, the person that when you're having a baby that you go to see. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The person with the baby. I always use the acronym. The baby doctor. The, the OBGYN. OBGYN. Okay. <laughs> the OB is your obstetrician. Okay. Keep okay. going. <laughs> Stop. So I, um, yes, fine. My OBGYN. So I just, you know, I love her. She's close to me in age. We went to the same high school, although we were not friends then. I just adore her. I still refer her and think she's an amazing doctor. She is. She's the most amazing doctor. But at some point during our many, many times together, you know, it came up that she would want to move one day and she wanted me to help her. And I'm like, oh, my God, this would be so amazing, mostly because I just loved her as a professional. And I kind of wanted to return that professional courtesy. Like, I want to show you what I do because you've been so amazing to me with what you do. And um, we even ran into each other with her whole family at the farmer's market one day. And she tells her husband, this is Katie. She's going to sell us our next house. And I'm like, yes, I will. I'm so happy. And And then she and then she bought a house and she sold her house. And and you know who didn't work with her? Why do you think? Did the, you ever have any closure cat. there? I do know why. So who had sold her her original house was an older agent who actually, I don't even know if she's still in the business because this has been a, several years now since that happened. Um, and her, everyone in her family used this agent. Mm. Everyone, mom, dad, like all, like she was the family agent. She had worked with them before. And I think she, you know, at some point had kind of been like, I, I really did want to work with you, but like they would have. They would have killed my family would have killed me like she was there. The hardest part about that type of rejection, though, is when they reached out to you. Yes. And like inflated you. And then you're going to do it. You're going to be the one. I know. And And you're like, I didn't even pursue you. Right. It hurts. As a lead. I know. So that was probably one of my most notables. Yeah. And and here's the the follow up to that. I don't stop talking to her about work when I see her. I don't like act like like, you know, it's awkward. It's fine because sure. some point, maybe in the future, she will need someone or would want to refer me. That's always my take on being rejected. Now, it depends on if someone was mean to you. Right. Or if someone just there were reasons like valid reasons. But if someone just had valid reasons or maybe they're just uncomfortable with you knowing their financial business or mm-hmm. when they're real close to you, that's a lot of times what it is. They just don't want you to know. Like, I don't want to let you inside of my little world and my bubble and my arguments with my husband about picking a new house because you're too close to me, right? Right. Which, I, I mean, fine. But I think that I always want to, like, learn from that and be like, okay, well, why did it? And also, sometimes you just got to let it go. Yeah. There was, no, I mean, there's nothing. Sometimes you don't find out why. There is no reason. There's nothing you could have done better. Right. But if you did all of your follow-up correctly. Yes. And, and they still chose someone else. I mean, that is what it is. But if you can pinpoint where maybe you went wrong, like I had a rejection before with a client who I early on in my career who I was showing homes. She was a first time buyer, single girl. I thought we were jiving okay. We saw several houses. And then all of a sudden she was buying something else with someone else and told me like flat out in an email or text. I don't remember that she just felt like I didn't care about her, that I wasn't a good enough client, that she wasn't spending enough money. And I thought to myself, well, that is certainly not the case. No. But how did that 
how did she get that vibe? Was I busy? Did I not give her enough attention? Yeah. Like, or was she just feeling like insecure about her budget? I don't know. Yeah. I honestly don't know. And we we had already become like Facebook friends. Mm -hmm. And then it was weird because we weren't, we didn't go that far through the process, right? So it wasn't like we were tight enough to keep being Facebook friends. I'm like, I don't, I don't know that I need to see you in your new house now. Like, I feel like I feel like I can let you go. Yeah, and they were. T- uh, it seems like the rejection in the beginning. So for our new agents out there, when you're just getting started, I w- again we always kind of refer back to this first like year or two, yeah, or three. But that is when it's the hardest. Oh yeah, especially year one because you're really excited. Yes, and, and you don't have a lot of business. You're excited about your future. Yes. You're like I finally did it. I got my real estate right. license. Right, and, right. Oh. You know, I'm gonna. I have this hope and these dreams, right. and then the rejection hits extra hard yes. because you were in such a I know. dreaming place right. that it right. deflates you and yeah. really knocks the wind out of you. Mm-hmm. But by year two or three, it ju- it does just become a little bit more You're just getting expected. You're like desensitized you, to it. Okay? You, it doesn't make it, it still, it hurts, still hurts, but, but you it, are not as surprised. Okay. I think <laughs> how you set yourself up, and I'm going to go through later a great article with some ways to handle rejection, but how you set yourself up in your response to this from the beginning will help you mm-hmm. be able to deal with this for years to come. Yeah, right. Yeah. So like, how do you respond? You know, and, and I'll wait for the article, but basically pick some ways that you're going to cope mm-hmm. for a brief amount of time. Okay. And then move on. I was laughing because one time in our sales meeting, our broker said, you know, when something, when rejection happens, um, studies show that you need to give yourself um, 24 minutes. 24 minutes? And so this older <laughs> lady, amazing. this older lady in the back goes, it used to be 42 minutes. Shut up. <laughs> she was like, we used to be able to have more time. So I want that time. I want that time back. <laughs> yeah. Give me my 20 minutes back. Oh, so now it's like, mm, you better get over that. Get over it quicker. Minutes. Get over it quicker. Oh my but, gosh. But I think the hardest part about getting over it is when there are un- answer questions or you want to know why and you're just why in your brain Mm -hmm. you're tormenting yourself trying to figure out why did I lose this person so and it's funny too because then you know this year um actually last week (laughs) I noticed my Trello the pipeline section which is like where I put people that are acting no Prospects I'm are, sorry. Prospects are where you have the... Yes. Prospects is okay. where I have the people that are... Have mentioned that right. one day we might sell. Yeah. We're not sure. And I do follow up with those people, but it had gotten pretty... Like like I said, when good. you really start writing things it down... It was a lot of people. Yeah. And there were people who had been in there for years. And I'm like, you know, it's 2021. You were like... This. I really need to... Because if it's too full... Then I can't follow up enough. Follow up enough yeah. personally. Okay. So I went through. I had like sixty five addresses. Okay. And people. Okay. In there. Now these people, I usually have them on some sort of subdivision report. Okay. I do follow up with. They're them. receiving communication from you. Yeah, but I would say, especially just with COVID being this year and things like that. Right. Um. The last time that I picked up the phone and called them. Right. Was 
It has been a while. Okay. I probably shot them an email or something and right. let it let it be, to be honest. Okay. That's um, fine. That's okay. Yeah. So I just decided I'm just going to look up these addresses. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. I would like you to know some of these were like people I really don't know well. Yeah. Maybe I talked to them at a cocktail party at some point well, in life. Well, haven't gone to any of those in a while. Right. Yeah. So that's how long they've been there. So of the 65... I think six of them had like were listed in MLS in the last two to three years and had sold. Okay. But it, it kind of made me go, well, I'm deleting them. And Hey, Alyssa, they ended up selling. And maybe if you would have been a little more on top of your, yeah. Did you go, did you go look and see who their agents were? I did. And it was all different people. Yeah. And it was interesting to see. And I will be honest, this type of rejection didn't really hurt my feelings. Because you record people on that list that barely, like, it's real in passing. Yes. Yes. But it also motivated me. Yeah. To be like, maybe I can convert some Some of these these others because I remember thinking this person's never going to sell. And then they did. And then they did. Right. And um, it was all, because I do, like I said, I check in. You said it was six yeah, six. so so 10% of your list. Mm-hmm. 10% of my list actually ended up selling okay. with somebody. Right. And I'll tell you, it did not matter that they were on a monthly subdivision report. Right. And it did not matter that I sent an email every now and then. Right. Sometimes people have that relationship yeah. with somebody else, someone who is checking on them and calling right. them and really. But I think that's also why you have to clean out your leads periodically. Yeah. Because if there would have been 12 people in that list, I probably would have been calling them. A little more frequently. <laughs> right. right. Like I probably would have had more of a personalized follow-up. That's why I think it's important not to hoard leads. R- agree. Because then you can actually work them efficiently. And maybe if I would have been more intentional. So it, it was a really good exercise. It's a nice wake-up call. <laughs> yeah, it was. But that's okay, I think. We can't always know why people chose someone else. Right. But we want to know. That's the hardest part of dealing with the rejection. If I can at least have the closure of knowing why you chose the other agent, then I'll be like, okay, well, I'm moving on with my life. Do you, can you recall like answers you've got? Because I know both of us try to ask. Um, We try to say, no problem. Thank you. Is there anything I could have done better to improve my business? So I'm not afraid of the confrontation part of it. Now, typically I'm not calling, I'm not going to call them on the phone and be like, why didn't you use me? Sure. But I will send a follow-up email that says, hey, I saw on Facebook, you bought a house. That's amazing. I hope you have a, you know, easy move, great time there, whatever. Nice. Like, and I'm being genuine. Like, I hope it works out well for you. Um, You know, I know we talked about you maybe working with me. Could you give me a little feedback on why you opted to use another agent? Yeah. I'm always looking to improve my business for my next clients. This is so important to ask this question. Like, you cannot be scared to ask this question. And look, if they don't want to answer, they won't respond to the email. Yeah. If they do want to answer and tell me, oh, well, I really had to use my my mom's best friend just got her license and my mom would have killed, you know, like, Mm -hmm. or they might say, well, I didn't feel like I was in an area that you were comfortable with, or I didn't feel like, and you know what? People don't always answer the email, but one of the recent ones, and I think I shared it on probably one of the staging episodes, I had shown a house to new buyers. I think they were sign calls originally. So they weren't referrals. They didn't know me, but we looked at a house or two. 
I think we even maybe tried to make an offer. Then we decided to get their house ready for sale. I paid for the stager to come give them the consult. Mm -mm. They did all of the staging stuff. And then, boop, all of a sudden, here's their house listed with another agent. Oh, my gosh. That's painful because you also put money out, not just your time. And your heart isn't just broken. It's like, dang, I lost money. But... um, I messaged him and I was like, hey, I see that you've listed your house. I hope that it sells quickly. You know, I see that you did the work we work, you know, the <laughs> staging work we we talked about. That looks great. Yeah. Um, would love to know, you know, why you opted to go with another agent. I thought that, you know, we would work together. I'm sorry that we won't get a chance to. And he was like, oh, I'm, you know, so sorry. We did like you and would have used you, but we decided to make a business decision. So I went and looked it up. They used a discount broker. Oh, so yeah. like they got my knowledge and my staging expertise and all of that. And then they were like, well, the dollars make more, we don't want to pay you. The dollars are more important to us, to right. that to that client. And so, you know what? I just had to be like, well, I, I mean, I think that sucks. And I hope you get the service you paid for. Right. But I, I mean, like, what, am, <laughs> what could least, you have done? At least, you know, it wasn't at least anything you did. But here's the here's the follow up to that. Now, I, that wasn't that long ago. So they're still in the house they bought. Let's just say, for example, they did use that discount broker and it was terrible service and they had a horrible experience. And then they go to sell in five more years, maybe because of the way I responded, then I do get an option, you know, an opportunity to work with them. I have a house listed right now that they did not use me to buy it six years ago. And I was crushed. You were so sad. (laughs) I was so sad. I was surprised. I... It was one of those situations where they had reached out to me and I was actually kind of helping. And then like, why did you bring they up just with ambushed me? that they mm-hmm. bought. And yep. their reason at the time was that they were just nervous about being too emotional and yep. bothering me and, you know, rambling and just putting too much on me. Yep. Be, you know, she would rather a stranger be exposed right. to that side. Well. Um, and but now I'm lit. It, it's amazing though because I'm listing it now. And it when they called me, I just had this flashback to that moment of devastation. And you're like, six well, years it ago. worked out. Yeah, it's funny. Like, but it all depends how you're handling it you can't, now. Well, you can't burn the bridge. No. You and you and it's better for you mentally to just deal with it that way. Mm-hmm. Was there anything I could have done better? I'm going to say a nice, something nice to you so that I don't burn the bridge. Like all of that is the best way to deal with rejection. If you just can't get over the fact that someone didn't use you and you're taking it super personally, you're not ever going to be able to work with them again. Mm-hmm. You're not even, you're going to bring more bad rejection into your life because that's what you're thinking about. And that's right. what you're so focused on. I had a newer agent recently tell me that she was devastated because she had just posted that a close family member passed away uh-huh. on Facebook. Uh-huh. Well, one of her friends, close friends, saw it and did, didn't call her to go see this house because she's she like, like, oh, oh she had a, had a death, death in the family. So I don't want to call you. I mean. And so she called another agent. And and I also went through this right after I had my baby. Yeah. Like, oh, she just had her baby. I, I better not call her. her. Yeah. I'm going to call someone else mm-hmm. despite all of my, re- you know, all of my yeah. notes and communication with people, letting them know I have help well, if still, something comes up. Yeah. They don't want to bother you. No. But. I was trying to take the approach of 
maybe that was for the best Yeah, because you are new and maybe you would have dropped everything you were doing preparing for that funeral. Right. And done, maybe your boundaries weren't in place and ready for that client. Right. The universe put your boundary in place. The universe put your boundary in place. And I know that you're grieving, but in more ways than one. (laughs) Right. Right. But there are times too where I've had to have that perspective where I just say, you know, this is one that I haven't gotten answers on. Yeah. I don't really understand and I'm upset. Yeah. But I truly have to believe that it was not meant for me to work with that person. Right. Exactly. And that this could have been a blessing in disguise. Yes, for sure. So. Okay. I'm going to go through my six ways to deal with rejection because we're okay. touching on them naturally. So I just thought it would be good to go ahead and hit them. This is from a March 2018 article on entrepreneur.com. Okay. So it's it's we're dealing with, because trust me, there's lots of information on dealing with rejection in your personal life. So much. But it's totally different than dealing with rejection in your professional life. Yes. Okay. Uh, all right. So six ways to handle rejection like a pro. Because mm. we need to do that. Mm-hmm. Number one, we've already said this, don't burn the bridge. Mm. Professional rejection is typically not a re- a reflection of you personally. So they're not, usually they're not saying, Alyssa, I don't, I don't like you. Right. You're not a good realtor. It's Mm -hmm. just, there's some extenuating circumstance and it could sometimes literally just be timing. Yeah. You didn't answer your phone. I'm too impatient to wait. I've called someone else. I mean, look, people, you know, can do that to you just as easily as an online lead. I'm trying to think other reasons I've gotten. I've gotten that I've gotten the commission thing. Yeah. I've gotten that. That's easy to deal with. Twice I've gotten that the other agent was just more excited about my house. Oh, oh, shoot. And I'm like, like, you were like, oh, no. Well, well, one person in particular, when I walked in, um, we were there for the staging consult. And I mentioned that I don't think we should paint, but I would be prepared for feedback to say that it's dark. Right. And I did not realize they had just painted. Mm. And it really offended them that I said that. They were like, but we picked this color. Yeah. And the other agent just came in and was like, I love brown. (laughs) I love brown. (laughs) I love brown. I'm so excited. And I'm like, well, I mean, I told the truth. And and I felt like I, and I even looked back on my delivery and I was comfortable with how I delivered. It. Yeah, you're like, it, it is what it is. That's what I would have said to anybody. But look, some sellers <laughs> need an agent to inflate them and make yes. them feel like their house is the best house on the block I know. and tell them that their outrageous price is the price they should list for. And I am not that agent because uh-huh. I'm so scared to overpromise. Yes. And then they don't understand. So I'm very much having difficult conversations up front. But twice, I mean, (laughs) twice in 10 years that I can recall isn't that bad. No, that's not bad. But twice having difficult conversations up front got the agent who didn't want to have those difficult conversations. The listing. The listing. Right. I mean. Two times isn't bad. I'll take it. I think that's fine because think of all the times you delivered that message, got the listing, and did it right. So it It made my job way easier. Easier to sell. I mean, honestly, do you really just, that's a great point. Do you just want to get the listing to get the listing? Or do you want to get it when you know you've given the advice that'll get it to sell? Mm -hmm. The point is not just to get the listing. It's to actually sell the house. 
Hello friends. We are so excited that so many of you are using the template course and the reviews are just pouring in, letting us know that it has helped your business as much as it has helped our business. Yes. Listen to this review. Thank you so much for providing this wealth of information, knowledge, and template form. So far I've used a handful and received positive feedback like, this is so professional, or I really appreciate how organized you are. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, Your clients are actually going to say that. Yes. All right, here's another one. Thank you so much for this. I can't tell you how many times I've started this and how many notebooks of samples and notes I had. <laughs> I have ADHD and it is super hard to stay focused on getting it done. Having it all in one place is going to make it so nice. That is what we're here for. No, just look, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Just yeah. use these. Yeah, nice and simple, easy, ready to go, ready for you to put your own logo on, make it sound like you. So head over to hustlehumblypodcast.com slash course slash course and check it out that's right and you're going to enjoy them you're going to love them you're gonna it's going to change it. your life literally fired <laughs> my assistant they are the best okay, enjoy the template yes enjoy now before my pre-listing because i still don't bring anything fancy to the listing right i do have like something I take my notes on yeah. and I bring a CMA summary, mm-hmm. but I don't bring a fancy glossy listing presentation. Right, me neither. Before the pre-listing email, mm-hmm. I went through a phase for a couple years where I was losing listings. Some yeah. of it was due to just age and the fact right. that I look really young right. and experienced. But I got feedback several times that I didn't have a formal... Uh, like presentation. presentation. I guess that happens more when you're being interviewed. So yes. they've seen others. Yes. So I even like put together one. Oh, I one had one point. before. I hated I it. I hated it. Yeah. I don't think they liked it. It's but boring. But the pre-listing email. Was better. I have not gotten feedback that that was the issue since I started using Because that. that's super professional. Yeah. And it works. And it's more efficient. I know. I'm trying to think what else, like why else I lost a client. But um, I've gotten um, people who didn't want to follow my rules. I've lost them. Mm. So recently, like this, within the last two months, I got a referral to a buyer who was coming from like a small town market and was going to sell their home for sale by owner. So red flag number one, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know anything about your market. I don't know anything about how quick you're going to sell your house. And there's no realtor involved on that end. Plus they needed to buy here. And so I gave them the normal rules. I'm like, you got to go get a pre-approval. They were so resistant Mm, to getting a pre-approval that they went and found another realtor that would show them houses. And I had to say to myself, it's okay to lose the people that don't want to play by the rules. Yes, that makes your life way easier. And then, of course, I had to deal with my client, my past client who referred them. It's one of my best referrers and tell them, I'm sorry that it didn't work out. They they were hesitant to get their pre-approval done. And that's just how I have to work my process. Right. Because I don't want her to stop referring me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like you got to have, if they don't want to play by the rules, that's one I'm like, well... And it got really weird and awkward, too, because the agent they ended up using figured out from the lender. Because, see, I had referred them to a lender, which then Mm. after they got the houses, after they got their freebie showings, they went to the lender I referred them to. Okay. So then the lender tells the new agent, well, aren't they working with Katie? And and the agent's like, what? And (laughs) then that person calls me and is like, I don't want to step on your toes. And I'm like, look. They weren't comfortable working with me and following my rules. You've already showed them houses. Right. 
it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Go forth, sell the house. Mm -hmm. You know, it just, and honestly, that felt very freeing to me. Well, if they wouldn't follow rule number one, what else are, Mm -hmm. yes, you're in for a long Mm -hmm. haul and you just don't need that in your life, in your business. Yeah. The other thing I find is um, you get rejected a lot when buyers don't understand the process. Mm -hmm. So they keep, they're talking to you. Maybe you've even done a showing. And then they talk to another agent, they go do another showing, and then they call a son and they go do a showing with them. And then they go to an open house and write an offer with a totally different agent. That's on you for not telling them how the system works. Yes. So I feel like that too can be avoided, but it happens. And that's where the buyer rules generated from. Exactly. <laughs> you get burned and rejected enough times and you say, you know, maybe I need to change something about the way I'm communicating with buyers. They don't know. They don't know. We know. They don't know. And then you get your feelings hurt because you got rejected. And you're like, well, how did they know not to go to the model home and talk to the builder's rep? And sometimes it just takes some self-reflection to see how you could improve yourself. Look, if you're busier, then it's harder. Yes. Follow-up is hard when you're busy. When you're slow, it's easy. So you get rejected or lose more or more fall through the cracks as you get busier sometimes. 100%. When you're new, <laughs> that's why the reject the rejection hurts so much when you're new and you have no business because you're like, that would have made a difference in my financial life, right? Mm-hmm. And in my growing business. And then later on, you lose them because you're busy and you're like, and I, but that makes it easier to deal with because you're like, well, I've got all this other business, right? right. Yeah. So I didn't do the right thing. I'm going to try to improve. But at the same time, I have like maybe that's all I can handle. Mm-hmm. Like I have a limit. I have a limit. Sure. To how many Everybody listings does. I can have, to yeah. how many pendings I can have before it's like I can't take on any more. And nobody talks about that, what their limit is. Most people talk about how do you get more transactions? How do you get more leads? How do you get more clients? I'm like, but how do you how do you decide what's your max? Right. So that you can still have dinner with your family and not provide poor service. Like there has to be a limit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, any other any other <laughs> reasons you've been rejected? I'm going to tell you the next way to deal with it. Let's deal with it. Let's deal with it. Number two, give yourself time to grieve. So give yourself your 24 minutes. 24 minutes. Get give over yourself it. time to no. grieve. Okay. <laughs> you have to feel it in order to move past it. You have to feel it. I don't like to. I know, but you got to just go on and do it. And they recommended a couple of things that could all be done in 24 minutes. T- Seriously, these are things can all be done in 24 minutes. Take a long walk. Okay. Journal your experience. And my personal favorite that I added and take a nap. <laughs> when I was new and I got rejected and I was so like upset, honestly, I would get away from my computer, get away from my office and go take a nap. Yeah. Whatever you need to do. It's, it's a it's a total reset. Wake up from a nap. You're like, I feel better. I would also walk my dog for Dogs sure. Dogs make everything better. Dogs make everything better. If mm. you have a cat, I guess you could yeah. pet your cat for 24 minutes. Right. <laughs> Do something. Like, just get away from the situation. But you have to feel it. Okay. And then move past it. Okay. That's number two. Ready for number three? Mm-hmm. Make it an opportunity to learn. So we've already talked about this. How can yeah. you improve? What lesson did you take away from this? Did you ask follow-up questions to even figure out why they didn't use you? I also feel like this is important because what I see happen a lot is that if you don't self-reflect and it's always somebody else's fault, it makes you bitter. And and like the, don't be the victim. Don't be the victim. You can't always be the victim. No, sometimes it has to be you. And you just, the bitterness will cause this downward spiral mm-hmm. in this business. Yep. Yep. Okay. 
Number four, ask yourself if that was really what you wanted. Hmm. I know, isn't that an interesting one? You're like, no, I want all the clients. And you're like, but, but do no. you? Right. Um, it says, was that client really important to you or was your heart not in it? Trust that this door was closed so a better can be opened. Yeah. I mean, you have to at least. Goes look. back to just believing that mm-hmm. it happened for a reason. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, oh, before I flip the notes on my my page of notes. Here's some other reasons why I've been rejected. Okay. And I, and it hurt. <laughs> uh, anyone who interviews you but goes FSBO. Yeah. They're like, oh, I can do that. Or anyone you know that goes FSBO. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. Every friend or acquaintance that doesn't list with you but wants you to share their listings or sell it for them. <laughs> right. That actually happened to me twice last week. Last week. Okay. I had one um, acquaintance friend who... Uh, basically sent me their listing and was like, hey, we've been working so hard to get our house ready. Um, would, would love for you to share it and sell it. And I was like, but what? Yeah, that doesn't make You clearly, sense. this is the thing. If you didn't know I was a realtor, then I wouldn't have gotten this text. So mm-hmm. I know you knew I was a realtor, but yet you opted not to use me. But this you would- also just goes to show people don't get it. I don't think they understand how rude that is. No, I'm they like, don't understand. I was like, okay. And I just was like, good luck. Hope you sell it quick. Yeah, getting your house ready is a lot of work. I'm like, what else do you say? What else do you say? The other one was I. they had already listed their house with one agent. They were using a completely different agent to buy and things weren't working out Um I guess to, they didn't find what they need and they were looking, she asked me if I could help her with a rental. Mm. And I was like, but what about your other agents? Right. They can't help. Yeah. But I think also when buyers and sellers get desperate, they start reaching out to anyone. They do. And that's why they do that whenever they list their house. They're like, I need to sell. I, for whatever reason mm-hmm. I want or I need to sell, I'm going to tell every realtor I know that my house is for sale. I've had people text message me for sale by owners. Mm-hmm. I, th- my, we're selling our house. Please bring a buyer. Yeah. They're they just, don't understand. They're just trying to get it sold. Yeah. And hurting your feelings is not what they're worried about. Nope. They don't At even, all. If they thought that there was even a chance that no. this was rude, they wouldn't do that. The people who that happened with last week were both very nice. Yeah. I mean, they I just, would they say just don't they were understand. nice. They don't know that that's what, that's what happens. Okay. So I think... I think that's, I think that's everyone. Okay. We're ready for number five. Yep. All right. Number five, see the forest, Mm. not the trees. Mm -hmm. This setback is just one tree in a very large forest. Don't dwell. Focus on the bigger picture. Okay. I like that though. Me too. Don't focus on that one thing. It's also, I think we've talked about this before where whenever you get rejected, rejected, you call or think about your repeat clients or your good clients that, yes. you know, I mean, you know, on the day you get rejected, why don't you shoot a text to your best referrer? Say, Hey, just want to say thanks for Thank always you. believing in me, yeah. being loyal to me, feeling like I could do a good job mm-hmm. repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's plenty of those people. Yeah. Okay. I like that. And number six, make a plan with actionable steps. All right. So it's common to feel stuck after rejection. I think this from the people who requested this episode, this is common. You've been rejected. Now you just feel stuck. Like, what am I doing wrong? Nothing's moving in the right direction. But not 
is so common to feel stuck after rejection, but it's not you. Let go of the negative emotions, seek clarity. Rejection can be a gift to take honest look at yourself and the path you're on. I believe that. I believe that too. My systems have grown and evolved from rejection. Mm -hmm. The way that I follow up has grown and evolved. I mean, yeah. And it doesn't ever stop. No, you're always growing. Yep. I think that's true. Okay. So I want to also share, while I was looking at this article, some um, additional resources came up. And one of them was a TED Talk from Mm. Amy Cuddy, A-M-Y-C-U-D-D-Y. Okay. And the minute I read the title, I'm like, I have watched this TED Talk. (laughs) It's been viewed 59 million times. What? This TED Talk from Amy Cuddy. What's the title? Um, I don't honestly know the title, but it's about body language. Oh. And and maybe it talks about power poses. I don't know. But it, it, it talks about taking 10 to 15 minutes to practice a confidence pose. So there, and she tells you in the TED Talk exactly what to do and exactly the science behind what it does in your brain. But two minutes, two, y'all, two minutes of posture change can lead to hormonal change in your body. Mm. And your body changes your mind. And she said, it's not fake it until you make it. It's fake it until you become it. Mm. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. But she says, if you make yourself big, so for YouTube, like if you make yourself big, yeah. like this stance, the, if you've got your hands behind your head or your hands up in a V or your legs are kicked up on the desk with your hands behind your head, that cheesy, like, yeah, that actually works. Okay. Okay. So that's like it a, brings feelings and hormones of empowerment. Right. You need to take up space. <gasps> take up space. Okay. Now, when you're making yourself small, if you're hunched over, yeah. if, like if you're in a classroom and you raise your hand really low, like you're making yourself small, right? So when you make yourself small, you do not build confidence or power. And if you make yourself big, you make yourself like actually feel powerful and confident. So, and it said that women were more likely to make themselves small. Mm -hmm. And the studies, you'll have to go watch the TED Talk, y'all, because it's 20 minutes worth your time. But the study, basically, they did some studies where people were going to a job interview. Okay. So like you're going your listing interview, right? And the interviewer was very like stone cold, didn't have any reactions in their face. And the people who had done the two minutes of power poses before they went in, um, do the interview. And then there's the people who did not do power poses before they went in. And then a, you know, focus group basically chose who they would hire from this interview. And the interviewer, again, made no, like they would ask the questions and sure. get the response. Every single person that did the power poses, they said they would hire. And every single person that did not, they said they would not hire. Wow. It's it was it's crazy, crazy, crazy. So um, y'all go look up the TED Talk, learn your power poses and spend your two minutes before your listing appointment or before you make a phone call to that lead or whatever it is that you need to do. You want to take up space. Yeah. Take up it, space. Well, it's crazy because it all goes back to mindset. Oh, my gosh. Totally. Um, so the other thing I think I read that you want to listen, listen, 
carefully and know why you were rejected. Mm -hmm. And then there was another TED talk that linked and that one, this one was viewed like 20 million times. And, you know, I'm like, y'all, I don't watch that many TED talks, but I had seen both of these. Oh. Um, so they must be like their famous TED talks. Rejection is a hot topic. Well, the other one is grit. Oh. It, this one's from Angela Lee Duckworth. And the key component of grit is having a growth mindset. Yeah. So those are both really... I guess, helpful if you want to learn some science and learn some, you know, tips. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any other stories, thoughts, concerns about rejection you want to share <laughs> with the people? <laughs> um, I had researched that 50% of the conversions happen after four follow-ups. Oh, that's interesting. Real follow-ups. Right. Not auto yeah, seller report. Right. Maybe that, <laughs> that didn't work. That didn't work. That didn't work. On um, those even people. though it was great information and people like it, it didn't work. It didn't work. Um, but after four times, you have a 50% chance of finally converting them. Okay. But people are hesitant to, well, I already called twice. But like latch on to that. I don't want to. four times, right. you still yeah. only had a 50% chance. Yeah. So you're still like. Right. If you haven't called at least four times, you're still in Ugh. the trenches. Like you're your percentages are not good. And I think we level this out with, remember, we're not telling you to call 33 times. Nope. Just four. Just four. And then I have <laughs> after that, you know, after that, if it's not, if there's no responses, it is okay to well, let them go. Yes. I think this is why it's also really nice to focus on a niche where you're like, I work with move up buyers. I work with first time buyers. Like what? What messages are you putting out there? Who's going to come to you and feel comfortable that you're there to serve them? Like, I know that when you focus on a geographic area or like just things that people are like, they're comfortable with you. And the more you put yourself out there personally, like I love chocolate chip cookies and a sweet tea. Mm -hmm. And what do people know about you? Because they want to work with someone that they know, like, and trust. Yes. But how are they going to find out? anything about you if all you ever post are just listed, just sold, mm -hmm. and we don't know anything about you. Right. So I think that you're going to attract your people, mm -hmm. right? Like your vibe should attract your tribe. And you have to put yourself out there to do that. And letting go of some of these leads to allow for more personal follow-up like we were talking yeah. about earlier, I also think it's important to evaluate where else you're doing with your time. Yeah. It, are there other things that need to be cut out of your time so that you can dedicate it to the prospecting right. of people that have actually right. reached out to you? Because those are real people. Yeah. And usually the, the stuff you lose, I'll kick myself and be like, I haven't talked to them in a while. Correct. Me I too. I mean, it's never like, oh, I just talked to them yesterday and they mm -hmm. burned me. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes, but very rarely. That happens less and less. Yeah. But it still happens. With, with a good system, it will happen less and less. Right. Okay. Anything else? I do have rejection by Enneagram type. <gasps> oh, please. Will you tell me how I handle rejection? I'm a two. Okay. Let's <laughs> see here. Let's start with the ones. They're perfectionists. Yes. So this is really going to hurt them. So yes. Type one, the perfectionist, also known as the improver. Um, they are most terrified of rejection because it points out their imperfections. Uh, that's true. So they are worried that they are being um, misinterpreted. They are not meeting expectations. Okay. They have disappointed mm -hmm. people. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not perfect. Oh, so no. That's hard. To all our ones out there, I can relate to that. I can, too. My one wing is strong. Yes. I, my both. Like, I'm a, I'm a two, three, but that one, I feel it. Mm-hmm. 
So type two, Tell the me. helper, yes. also the, is what are they? Oh, the host. The host. The two threes, yes. the host. Go. Your underlying fear is being unloved okay. or unwanted yeah. by others. It is a more personal rejection and has more to do with relational tension. Yeah. So like you don't want to see them if it hasn't been addressed, which is why you probably like to address I it. I just want to address you it. You just want to address it so yeah, that way we we, move past we're, we're good. We're still friends, right? You still like me? See, you still like me. I. You're right. I couldn't have them be like, I don't like you. Right. Oh, my gosh. What's the three? Tell us yours. Okay, so I am three, the achiever, and my underlying fear is not being valued. Ah. So being underachieving, unproductive, they don't think I'm actually valuable, and this is so true. True. It also irritates me when people say, you're in real estate? Is it so much fun? (laughs) I'm like... Oh, it just, something about it makes me feel belittled. You're like, I'm working very hard yes, over here. Yes, I'm a hard worker. I don't just have fun. And I'm like, very valued uh, and important. Yes. But it, that's true. It offends me. Okay, I like that. What's I was for? legit doing blood work the other day for one of my pregnancy <laughs> things. And the girl doing my blood work was like, oh gosh, um, I'm going to do real estate too. Two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Along with I'm just phlebotomy. like, okay, right. Yes. <laughs> so because sure. it's just so easy. You're like, you should, right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway. Really, can I point you in the direction of us? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Type four, the individualist. Okay. The underlying fear is being abandoned because you are too much. Oh. The fear is that they were misunderstood or dismissed. Okay. Or even stereotyped. Okay. Just like, I don't like realtors. Yeah. I don't want to work with a realtor. Right, right, right. Oh, interesting. Um, Type five, the investigator. The underlying fear is that they won't be able to function successfully in the world. Oh, no. Like, maybe I'm not good at this at all. Oh, like, they want to be like, I'm out. Yes. They feel helpless. They feel incapable. Oh, no. They feel like they don't have the resources they need. Like, maybe this is just not. Oh, they don't have enough tools. Mm-hmm. Oh. I need, I need to have more resources, oh, more tools. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Deep down, they feel incompetent and incapable. Oh. Like, they're not prepared. Okay. Interesting. Very. Tell us about the six. Type six, the loyalist. The bottom line is that your fear is everything will go wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So right. Everything is going to go wrong. It's all going to be wrong. There's trust issues. Oh, man. Um, You feel like you don't have the support of that person. Right. Right. Um, Deep down, there's no security. Right. So you just feel vulnerable and rejected in the fact that they like abandoned you. That's painful. That they left you. Why do we think that's so funny? I feel (laughs) bad. Sorry, sixes. That's true though. Okay. Type seven. This, I wanted, I haven't read these yet. So they're really hitting you. (laughs) They're funny. (laughs) They're really hitting you. But type seven, the enthusiast. Um, the underlying fear is pain. Okay. They don't want to feel it. Because oh, they're so they, like they just are like happy go lucky. Let's not acknowledge that right. anything. They don't want to feel it wrong. to move through it. Okay. Yes. They also fear not having options and like they are missing out on new people. Oh. So sevens also tend to be like, I kind of want to be everybody's realtor. Yeah. Like I don't want to miss out. Yeah. I want to yeah. just that do it all. Like fun. We yeah, do it. Okay. Th- this is good. Oh. Um they don't want to uh oh well it does say that like their freedom is important to right. them. Okay. So well they might count that rejection as a blessing. Yes, they they might. Move on. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Okay, type eight is the challenger. Eight. Yeah, their underlying <laughs> fear is being controlled. Oh. So rejection and betrayal um, really just makes them go, well, fine, you're just not in my life anymore. <gasps> Oh, so that's if you reject so me, I'm just going to like write you like, off. So right. the eights are the ones that really need to look out for not burning the bridge. Yes, I could see that. And finding a way to I could see that. Instead of like the coping mechanism being self-preservation, I'm just gonna cut you out of my right. life. They're really gonna have to focus on forgiveness okay. and acceptance. Got it. Which is gonna be harder for that for them. Got it. And then finally, type nine, the peacemaker. Oh, yeah. Their fear is that they are going to be separated from others. They don't oh. want the loss. Like, okay. oh, man, are, is our friendship over? Right. Um, they don't want it to be unresolved conflict. Yeah. Kind of similar to the two. They don't want the relationship tension. Okay. Um, but deep down, they just want to feel at peace. So if they can understand. They need to know the why. They need to know the why so that they can be at peace right. with themselves. Oh. Yes. That's amazing. Was that good? That was so good. If you haven't listened to our Enneagram episode. Go back to that. Go back. It's it's a good one. It's so fun mm-hmm. because it really is accurate. Okay. Well, that's amazing. Are you ready for a toast? I am. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Today's toast comes to us from a local agent in Baton Rouge, Jada James. Okay. Jada wants to toast to Sherry Mack. Oh, I who, love her. I know. She's in my office. Oh, I know. I and Jada wanted to say she's doing awesome and killing it in her first year solo. So she was on a team before. Uh, now she's solo and making it happen. I think she's, in fact, starting to build her own team. So cheers to Sherry. I know that she... Why am I saying Sherry? You know why? Why? Because in my other office, it was a Sherry spelled oh, like that. It's Sherry. 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 I swear. Yeah, it's it's Sherry. So what's funny is when I was 15 and wanted to work, but you couldn't really work anywhere until yes. you were 16, uh-huh. I ended up getting a job at Raising Cane's. Okay. The chicken finger place. That's I a great place to work. I don't know if that is a national. It's pretty it's national. It's pretty national at yeah. this point. It did start... Here, though. Here, in, in Louisiana. Baton Rouge. Yeah, Baton Rouge. Yep. But anyway, um, Cherie worked there. With you? Um, yeah. Well, we, like, that's how we met was through, I, I worked there for, oh, like, three years. Wow. And so, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And I also did not know that. And when she was brand new, like, before she ever got into real estate, uh-huh. I think she messaged me on Facebook oh, and was like, it. I think I want to get into it. Um, I'm oh. like, va- I didn't know this is who we were toasting today, so I wish I would have. Oh, you would have been Look, more prepared? Looked it up. Well, but, shoot. Um, but yeah, so that's how I met through Chicken Fingers. Through Chicken Fingers. <laughs> yeah, now we're both in real estate. And she's so good at it. <laughs> she is good. She's so good at it. She's a good people person. I know. Okay, Cherie. Mm-hmm. Why did I say Cheers it? to you. Cheers to you. We love you. You're amazing. <laughs> You're doing a great job. And Jada wants to say cheers to you specifically. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, y'all have an awesome day. Bye. Bye, friends. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.